Rock Talk with Tyson Bryden. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. I'm your host, Tyson Bryden, coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, in lockdown. Today, I'm happy to welcome John Merchant of Ghosts of Sunset. John, welcome back, man. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing good, brother. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our last conversation so much. Yeah, so did I. Um, I seem to recall the last time we spoke, we decided that we needed to have a good old-fashioned discussion about something that is true to both of our hearts, that is the 80s hard rock era. I could say hair rock, but I'm not going to call it that. Let's call it hard rock era. As well as that, we were going to dive into a discussion about the Tragically Hip, as we mentioned, a band that you are a big fan of. A huge, tremendous fan. Trem- huge fan. So, before we start the whole, you know, uh, 80s hard rock conversation, I'd like to say something. I want to say something about the Tragically Hip. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. As a Canadian, sometimes it can be hard to love this band. Not that I don't think the music's great. Um, it's just that uh, sometimes the perception and how Canadians are, and I'm sorry my fellow Canadians, but in Canada, the Tragically Hip were the band that all the people that were the norm liked. Um, can I say kind of the stereotypical jock type of band? It's, it was all Molson Canadian beer, backwards ball cap, and the Tragically Hip. I mean, when you write songs about hockey, that is kind of bound to happen. If you mention Cap, right? <laughs> so, if you're Canadian, you're supposed to love all these things as well as Neil Young and Rush. That's that's. I mean, I think there's a Bible that says if you're Canadian, you love all these things. I mean, for me as a person that never followed any type of trend, these were things that it kind of always got under my skin. But I love Canada and. I, and I love the United States. And sometimes I think Canadians have a inferiority complex at times about the United States. And I don't know why that is. I just, I, I can't say why. Really? It is, oh. it is what it is. And I mean, I live it. I live up here and I hate to say it. I'm not saying all Canadians. It's just sometimes it's like, you know, oh, you know those damn Americans, you know, like it's like, do you, how often do you go down there and how much time have you spent down there? So I'm I'm gonna leave it at that. But I mean, for me, hockey isn't even close to my favorite sport. I mean, as a Canadian, it's supposed to be. I love baseball and football. Um, and I will say this: if the Edmonton Oilers were playing against the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup Finals, or the Arizona Arizona Diamondbacks were playing the San Diego Padres in a meaningless game, I choose baseball. Oh my gosh, they're gonna revoke your citizenship if you're not careful, man. Well, they might, they might, but I mean, this is something that I had to say. It's something I always, you know, I want to get off my chest. So, but it's not because I don't enjoy the Stanley Cup finals. It's because it's not the norm. It's like, I'm expected to, to love hockey and I like the game, but I don't love it as much as I love baseball and football. To me, I love baseball because I can go in the middle of the summer and it's sunny out and it's hot and sit in a baseball stadium with a beer and watch a game um and and just chill out and relax and i'm and people say oh it's too slow it's too slow yeah but that's the beauty of it <laughs> you know what i mean right is you get to slow down and enjoy that, it. yeah right exactly. sit there and that is, that's mind-blowing to me down here i gotta tell you the the thing on the hip is mind-blowing i will say that um you know when i would go see the hip here i'm in michigan so when they would come down to play clubs here and when i say clubs i mean 
you know, a step up, uh, you know, not small theaters for the most part, but like a, a, a club, a bar kind of, you know, a, a mid-sized bar or whatever. They come down. We get a lot of Canadian folks down here. And I must say, um, my inter- my parking lot interactions with, with those hip fans from that would come down from Canada yeah. in droves. Um, we're always positive, really great, you know, guys who would gladly, you know, throw you a beer out of their 12 pack in the parking lot or whatever it might be. Um, and, and, but for me, the, the fact that that music in Canada is sort of associated with a certain, you know, not totally. And we all know that general statement here, but, but, you know, for uh, the thing that the reason I think the hip didn't happen in the States and I've said this before, is the music's too smart. I mean, so, you know, some of those, Gord, you know, Gord's lyrics and the subject matter of the songs are are complicated, you know, beautiful and complicated. And they also, they do, there is, you know, you, you mentioned hockey, you know, and there is a distinctly, you know, Canadian bent to a lot of those things, you know, um, to those stories and, you know, I remember um, I was trying to figure out as an American, as a younger American, I should say, but they, they mentioned the CBC. And I remember, I go, what is that? You know, what is, you know, late breaking story on the CBC? I didn't know what that was. CBC. Oh, yeah. We can't. You know, yeah. and, um, and then I'm not a sports guy at all. So I had to, you know, I'm yeah. doing the research, you know, Bobby Orr, what is, what is that about? What is this goal? You know, why? You know, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. So that Bill Burrell, yeah, Bill Burrell. Yeah, yeah right, right, exactly. Fifty missing cap. Right, all of this sort of stuff. Um, so that was all kind of, as a matter of fact. Um, I at one time, I, I honestly, my buddy and I would vacation in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and we had these hats we wore that we always called our fifty mission caps. Right, you know, we it was a big thing. We'd go camping and carry on and what have you. Um, but all those that. Those lyrics and those subjects, and, and for me, I can't imagine, you know, Gord Downey was such a, a sensitive soul and inquisitive and bright and, you know, really thoughtful. It, it, it's just so weird to me. I always thought they didn't break down here because it was just too smart, you know, it, but it, 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 it had too too much depth to it. And that's probably me just trying to give myself too much credit, but... No, it's, I mean, I'm, I have such a hard time with them because I love the early albums. Oh, so yeah, much. me too. I think that, I just, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about those, but it was, it was just that, you know, like it's like, you know, that scenario in the cartoons where the devil's on one shoulder and the angel's on the other. It's kind of like with them, it was kind of like that. It's like, okay, there's this perception of this guy listening to the hip and the, more or less the hipsters, as I guess you would call them, the people that, oh, did you, uh, I'm going to the hip show on the weekend, just so they could tell everybody that they were right. It's, it's like when the Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays in 2015 made it to, uh, if they were in the ALCS or whatever it was, and everybody could tell all their their friends about them going to that baseball game last night. Not that they watched it; it was more about yeah. you know being there and telling everybody. It was yeah, so the more about the event itself. Yeah, that's right. And it's telling all your friends, and you know, it's um, it's not about the music. Sometimes it's it's more about the telling all your you know being cool and and to me. 
hair hair bands that we listened to it was never about being cool because if for the most part if you listened to it you weren't hanging out with the kids that thought they were the coolest oh my god school, no right? no uh, right you know, you're asking for a fight usually <laughs> yeah exactly so that's where i was i always sat on the fence with yeah. it it was i mean and, and and it's it's just funny in canada that it is that way um and i've always wanted to explain that it's not that i i, I love the tragically hip i just sometimes i hate the perception of other things that go with it and and i feel i feel the same way about neil young it's well you're canadian you better love neil young it's like well can't i not love neil young because right. i don't have to love him just because he's canadian or i don't have to love hockey because i'm canadian how about right. you let me make my my own choices i guess i'm a little bit of a <laughs> troublemaker or, or rebel in that aspect well that's good i mean that's that's why you know i'm the same way it's like if you tell me to like it this happens a lot in music you know it's almost like someone says hey this is cool now and people just go well then i'll listen to that you know, um, it, I've watched it happen, certainly in the States with uh, with bluegrass music. I grew up listening to, you know, some old bluegrass music, the Leuven Brothers and Doc Watson and, you know, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden these, you know, these kind of hipsters, just like you said, had kind of taken it over. And, and now it's like, well, you know, every time someone goes, do you like bluegrass? I have to go, well, define bluegrass, you know. Um and, and, and the hip, you know, it's like the hip down here um, it, for for me. And when I find that other American who likes the tragically hip, it's normally a pretty strong bond. Because down here, you know, I try to tell my friends, and, and this is probably a really bad description of them, but people go, you know, what are the tragically hip? I'm like, these guys are huge in Canada. And I always try to describe their, their magnitude. I used to say, well, they're as big as Pearl Jam. In Canada, or yeah, you know, any other, they are. They, they they are, yeah. And um, and then there's just something about that band. I, I don't know what it is, other than there was, it, I, it certainly wasn't the look. You know what I mean? No one ever really looked at the hip and went, you know, like you did with your hair bands. You'd go, God, those dudes look at you know, John Bon Jovi looks so cool. He's got the you know, jean jacket, yeah. his cool hair, and the hip were never that. But there was something about them that felt so authentic. I I never once felt from the tragically hip like. Well, we better make this album to get chicks, or we better make this album to be famous. You know, they just turned out thoughtful subject matter. You know that as as a music fan, I like both kinds of music. I like music that is about cars and and girls and Friday nights, and you know, I I do. And songs that the chorus just goes hey and you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, something catchy. Right. Got to have a little bit of an edge. So I'm kind of like it's got to be catchy. But I like distorted guitar and like a big drum, and it you know it, it hits me right. It's right in the it's heart my there, you know? my argument is always, and I've had this argument uh, with several people, and I've been criticized for it. I'm a tremendous you know Bruce Springsteen fan, and I've always called John Bon Jovi the hair metal Bruce Springsteen, and totally and people get so mad about it. You know, it's almost why. Well, I think it's because they they feel you know they feel like well you're giving. You know, you've got one guy who wrote Thunder Road, and you've got a guy who wrote um, uh, Bad Medicine, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, and and those things seem to be out of balance with each other, and on the surface, I think they are. But, man, if you listen to Wild in the Streets and Blood on Blood and, 
and blood on blood yeah and i mean even living on a prayer right. it's a story it's a story he's t- living on a prayer it's a story it's about tommy and gene right. it's about being down on your luck and it's like trying to scrape together your last few dollars and we're more or less living on a prayer right right and you can strip away you can take you know i used to say this about uh, uh, the, the band warrant and I've, I've said it before you know you take the distortion on the guitar down 50 percent, take a little reverb off the drums and now you're now your bon jovi if it sounds like bruce springsteen the subject matter is there it, it, it the same subject matter tommy and gina can be you know anyone on born to run you know or yeah. or an album like you know like that or the wild innocent the East street shuffle it's just you know i i gravitate toward that and even you know even with my own stuff with ghost of sunset you know yes it's hair metal and yes it's a tip of the hat to that but we do spend some time making sure the story is sound, that the characters are developed a little bit in the songs, you know, um, yeah. which is which is just what I, I, I look for now. And, and it, you know, Neil Young, I'm, a, I'm such a Neil Young fan that I had a celebration of Neil Young, a band called Rusty Horse that played was basically yeah. a Neil tribute. Um, I'm sorry I, I said bad stuff about Neil. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay. I'll tell you. I, he's a great Neil writer. Young great, is amazing up there. songwriter. Well, he's up there with Bob Dylan, and, and there are yeah, two people absolutely. that as soon as you mention Dylan or Neil Young, someone goes, ugh, gross. Like, you know, they're they're not traditional singers. You know that. I know that. No one ever puts on Neil Young and goes, hey, man, I'm really going to listen to him. He's going to hit these high notes vocally. and he's, It's like Celine Dion. You know, it's not that. Um yeah. It's 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 subject matter. It's it's the way they handle words. Gord Downey's the same way. It's the way they they handle words. They handle the language. You know, Gord Downey would say things in songs that, of course, they you know for the most part would rhyme and were melodic or whatever. But he he didn't rely on cliche. You know, I call it fire desire lyrics. Where you know, well, let's. I mean, you think of the line. Um, it's on fully completely. I'm going to get Rye Cooter. Sing my eulogy. To sing my eulogy. And then he makes it rhyme. The next line rhymes with I know. Uh, well, it's, and it's so creative. Right? There's so many of those. My hip experience, my exposure to the hip, I was in a, a record store uh, down uh, in my old, you know, I moved away from my hometown, but I was in my hometown at this record store, and this rock and roll band is playing over the speakers in there, and that's the only way I can describe it. It was a rock and roll band, and I went, who is this? You know, and the guy was like, it's the Tragically Hip from Canada. I'm like, God, this is great. It was up to here. So I said, get me everything you have. So he got me everything, and he was it was a UCD store, so I, I got up to here and road apples, maybe something else. I go to the counter, I throw the stuff on there, you know, I'm paying the guy, he's still telling me about the hip. Well, he's pointing to a picture behind him, and he goes, yeah, that's my wife and I, and I go, oh, that's cool, he goes, at the 100th Meridian. And I go, oh, and I go, I go, neat, like, that means nothing to me, you know, I just went, oh, neat. And then, you know, I get, I get home, and I get into this band, and I, I, I just couldn't get enough of them. I just couldn't get enough of them, I just... You know, they were one of these, and they were mine. I was down here, yeah. I could own them. You know, I didn't have... See, I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah. I love that. 
You know what I mean? And it's sort of cut. No, 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 no. So, um, but I love hearing that. It's that. It's there's something in me too. It happens to me all the time. I love a musician. I I get in. I I'm in at the ground floor, right? So I go, oh man, I like this. This is great. No one knows about it. And then people start to know about it. My wife gives me a hard time. She goes, as soon as someone gets popular, all of a sudden, it's like you don't like them anymore. I'm the same. And I was. Guns N' Roses was that for me. When they got popular, because I had it. I had it when it first came out. And I'm like, this is like a street band. This is like the coolest thing. And I'm listening to it in my Walkman. Yeah. Mr. Brownstone in Paradise City with all these different vocals going on. It's just like... Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. And the same yeah. thing, you're right. It, one of two things happens, you know, it takes off and it becomes a phenomenon. It becomes Guns N' Roses, or in Canada, it becomes a tragically hip. It's a phenomenon, yeah. a, a force of nature. Um, and then for guys like me, uh, we we fall out a little bit because we like, I like to be the guy who is at the archaeological, you know, the archaeological dig, and I'm the guy who clears the sand and goes, I think we have something here, you know? Yes, I agree. And then, um, I agree. And then when it's in a museum and everybody's looking at it, it's it doesn't appeal as much as that time I first found it, you know? So I do that with bands. I, um, You know, you want to support music. You want to tell everybody about the music you love. And then there's always this thing in me that's like, well, don't tell that guy. He's kind of a jerk. Or, you know, don't, don't let these people... <laughs> I, I would be the yeah. same. You know what? I, I want to make a point. I want to come back to Bon Jovi and Springsteen. Um, for those that do not own uh, the box set, uh, what is it? 100 million fans can't, can't be wrong. Bon Jovi fans can't. That's yeah. right. The version of Someday I'll Be Saturday Night that is on that is... It's so funny because it seemed like they changed that song to make it commercial. If you ever listen to the lyrical content in that song, it, it's pretty deep. You know, like, um, he's, he, uh, there's a, I think there's a segment about the stepfather or the father more or less uh, raping the daughter or something like that. There's there's something along those there's lines. There's some darkness and some depth there. There's yeah. some very darkness. Yeah. And it's funny because... What they did was they took it and I think it starts on C sharp minor or whatever it is. Or no, it's an it's an E. Sorry, it's E. There's a C sharp minor and there's my musician thinking back <laughs> how to play that. But the funny thing is that if you listen to that original, you under once you hear that, you understand the original idea of the song and where they were going with right. it. And it's almost as if they had to change it to make it more commercial. And you know that they probably did. I can see some, you know, A and R person going, "Listen, John, uh, this is a great song, but we can't sell this." You know, people people want to hear "Runaway" or what? I mean, even "Runaway." You know, you th- there's there's some you know, a little darkness to those lyrics too. And the, and the yeah. stories of the streets and, and, you know, I still think I love, I love Bon Jovi. Always will. Always. Um, sometimes can be a bit much live for me. He's very, um, yeah. um he's, he's nasally. And, and he's also like the, the <laughs> banter, the banter has become yeah. even more. And, you know, I love Springsteen too. I mean, Springsteen's my, my guy. Uh, Springsteen's a little cooler live, though. Well, got, he's because you know, he's Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that's really what yeah. it is. Um, I think John is still a, a great frontman. I know the band's tuning down these days, you know, to help, you know. And you're not supposed to be able to sing like you're 25 your whole life. That's not how it 
works you know that's right and and i mean you can't sing living on a prayer uh, with that modulation at the Listen, end I, freaking 55 years old i I don't, I don't think so either and i think that now the band has sort of become you know it's bon jovi we you and i both being fans of this what we're gonna call you know hair metal i guess is all we can call it yeah you know yeah. um we're fans of that and that's how we got to know bon jovi but the truth is now bon jovi's an americana band or a roots rock band bon jovi. you know they should call it bon jovi like yeah and, and you know do i miss those big you know the pick slides going into the chorus of runaway and all that stuff you know i do oh man like like uh and you know what we're gonna get to that but i just remembered that line in in someday i'll be saturday night my daddy took my innocence away yeah that's the line, right? It, That's a deep line. It is a deep but, line. Yeah. Yeah. And think and then you've got these hoppy chords with it. It just seems crazy to me. It's like, wow. It kind of took away it made the song a hit. But it took away the integrity of, I think, the initial idea. Well, of right? course. And that's because, you know, the the general public, you know, um, the music consumer you know some of them don't they, you know they don't put in the effort that a lot of us do that we want we're we're in there we're paying attention to what you're saying i'm not waiting just to get to the chorus i want to know the story there are things that you know in story inconsistencies in a song will bother me like well that was just in the past tense but now they're in the present tense but they never made the change yeah why did you do yeah, that? <laughs> little stupid things like that that really you know, they don't matter a hill of beans because you can say she loves you, yeah, 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 and that's beautiful. You know, I like both things. Bon Jovi, I like the, you know, I do. I liked Keep the Faith. I liked the, you know, as it started moving toward what it be, you know, what it's become now. Dry County. Um, oh, God, there's some great, great songs. And, of course, you know, John and Richie as a songwriting duo were they meant a lot to me. You know, that partnership meant a lot to me. The vocals meant a lot to me. Um, all the cool, you know, the cowboy references. I like his. Yes. I loved that. You know, my wife is a humongous fan of like blaze of glory. And I think that's great too. You know, well, I have the vinyl box set. Oh, wow. Wow. It's everything, everything, but the new album. So it was 500 Canadian. Wow. So it is every album. So to hear, so if you put on Bon Jovi, the first album, right. and then go through the evolution, I usually stop at Have a Nice Day. Okay. Um, um, I mean, the album's okay. The album's, there's a few songs after that. But I even find that from Crush to Have a Nice Day, that you started to see Crush was a great album. It wasn't a hair metal album, hair band album, but there were still some great rock songs on it. Some great songwriting, uh, some really, really good tunes. They, they were a little bit more poppy. I mean, it's my life is on there, and right. I mean, but you see, that. though, with Bon Jovi, you can see they're still playing stadiums, right? They're still filling arenas. Yep. They're still work. The reason for that truly is probably. The the evolution, the way they allowed themselves to do that. Now, guys like me, I still get disappointed when one of my old time favorite bands, you know, they throw one of my hair bands puts out this new album and and they're trying too hard to evolve. They're trying too hard to 
Um, Faster Pussycat went through a phase I used where they were almost like industrial. You know, it was Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And, um, I don't like. I didn't like I that. Didn't and I saw that live a couple times. I didn't get that. Yeah. It, it made no sense to me. Right. I mean, I think I think that was because Tammy Down and uh, Kyle Kyle from Bang Tango were together, and they formed a band called the New League. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. And they were doing that that. Uh, Whatever you call that, the Marilyn yeah, Manson type of thing. I don't know what to call it. And I, should we mention Marilyn Manson on here because uh, he's kind of <laughs> um, he's a bad word a lot of students. I know, I know. Wow. Again, my uh, I've got a a friend here who who for nine years worked for Marilyn Manson. That was his job. Um, he was um, Manson's monitor engineer for like eight years, and you know, again, you've built up. I saw, uh, not to harp on this Manson thing, but I did see like a Twitter where he said, well, these are unfounded claims and blah, blah, blah. When your persona is so controversial and outrageous and, you know, you're, you're asking, you know, in a way, you're going to be judged differently. I mean, you're just going to be judged differently because you've put out into the public that maybe, you know, the public doesn't always understand fiction or story writing or, you know, a third person account of something. They instantly go, well, this dude, you know, is he's a Satanist. He's this, he's that. It, it's I struggle to feel sorry for him. I certainly feel sorry for any victims um, of because we're starting to see. Think about the 80s, the hair metal we love. Think about how, you know, how women were prepared portrayed how they were treated um you know most times they were willing participants in this game of rock and roll right but but it wasn't you know it wasn't coming from a place of respect you know it wasn't coming from the 60s groupie era where you know miss pamela was a band-aid or whatever you know she would Sure, she was sleeping with Jimmy Page from time to time, but she was ironing his shirts and she was making Zeppelin homemade food, you know. And it it, it just all these all these things. These um, I'm trying to think of you know the ways music represented itself for so long, even in my era. And I will be honest with you: Did I want to go out to Los Angeles, California, in 1986 and be like poison and you know have hot and cold running women everywhere and and drugs and all of that? Of course I did. Of course I did. Of course I was. That's what we grew up with. Right, right. (laughs) That's what we saw. That's what we wanted. And I thought for a long, you know, I can say that I never had a time in my life with music where I was playing it to quote unquote get chicks or be cool. Or I, I, you know, for me, I, I always say it was like I was called to the ministry. You know, you hear people go, I don't know, God spoke to me and said, you will preach the word. And I woke up the next day and that's what I did for the rest of my life. Um, My life has been, I I don't know, I don't remember it ever happening. I just remember from day one, all I could think about, all I could talk about, all I could fantasize about was music. I just wanted it. I wanted, I I wasn't happy just listening to it. I had to have Circus Magazine. I had to have Hit Parader. I had to know. Don't forget Metal Metal Edge. (laughs) Thank you, Ripped, you know. Jerry Miller and Metal Edge. We we have to give a plug to Metal Edge. Oh my gosh. Those things were was so important to me because the music was so important to me and and that's why i the hip um and I'm, i i won't be able to pronounce it the hip had a video tape a two it was like a tour documentary 
Um, right. It was. Uh, I know. The, I can see another it, road. I don't yeah. remember what it's. It's some weird word like yeah. Eckenstiel, or I can't think of the word. But um, it was the um another roadside attraction tour. Roadside attraction. And um, That's right. mo- yeah, yeah, and most of it is these guys. It's the guys in the hip backstage on the bus. Uh, you know, going through toll booths, whatever it is. Um, they toured by bus. They went across Canada. I, I loved it. Not because of the live footage, which is great, but I wanted to see those guys in the day-to-day. I wanted to know what happened day-to-day. I wanted to know what Gord was like when he wasn't on stage. You know, and and that's just, that's what the magazines were doing for me. That's what the video, the home, the Bon Jovi Access All Areas video did for me. Um, yes, I still have that. I just... Somewhere. I just couldn't get enough of it, you know. I, yeah. I I just couldn't, and that's so for me. That's what music is. It's like my buddy who has I think he's owned five CDs his whole life, and he goes, I listen to the radio on the way to work sometime. But you know, that's like another world for me because I'm the guy who would yeah. I would fight you over faster pussycat you know in 1987 <laughs> exactly <laughs> you, know? you know it's funny it's funny that you mention that because i i mean i have a full-time job i have another job beside doing my podcast which is hard to believe for my listeners i'm sure but i have a job where i work with a bunch of i work with a bunch of other guys like it's uh it's it's more or less a construction type of thing and i'm oh, not okay. going to say what it is but I find it funny. I listen to music all day long, and you know, I get the odd comment. There's one guy that he'll walk in and he'll go, "Oh, you listen to that hair music again, eh?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I am." Uh, are you surprised? <laughs> right. Do you not know? Every time you see, you hear it on the radio for the last five, six years, you've said the same thing to me. And he's a huge right. tragically hip fan, by the way. But he's 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 a, the stereotypical Canadian, Molson Canadian. Right. But but that's besides the point. Um, but it's funny because music is such a big thing in my life. But I could they don't understand when I talk if I talk to them about it. I can't have a conversation with any of it with any but with most of the people that I work with. Right, right, right. I'm yeah. the same way. I'm the same way. They want to talk about sports, you know, and that's cool. And they want to talk about stats and they want to talk about who did what. And and, and I'm the same way, you know, I'm not putting them down. That's their interest. But for me, no, no, I, I, I just want to I, I want to talk about rock and roll. I want to talk about, you know, guitars. I want to talk about gear. I yeah. one who, you know, will watch, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Say Rihanna will come on TV, and I'm looking. Yeah. Okay, that guy's playing a P bass. So I wonder, you know, oh, there's no amps. They're all going direct. I wonder what yeah. they use. Exactly. You know. Yeah, and I'm when you know I got when when I t- I told you about my robbery, and I'm not going to go too much into that. So I I got rep- I started buying the replacements for the guitars. So I replaced my Charvel de Martini Rat Bomber with the. Rat with the Warren Demartini snakes. Oh, so you know you're like you're so proud of it. You're like, oh my god, you gotta see this guitar. It's like the greatest thing. Someone looks at it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, dude, do do you not like look at it? Look at it again. Do you not do you not get this? Like, what is it supposed to be a snake? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't you get this? And then 
I had a Strat. I replaced it with an Adrian Smith Jackson because there was just something. There, there was more to it that I wanted for my for my playing. Yeah, because two humbuckers, you know, locking trail. Uh, yeah, Strat style. Exactly. Yeah. Killer. Yeah, guitar. exactly. Killer. And the only, the only one I ended up replacing the same was the Richie Cotts and Telecaster, which is an unbelievable guitar for. It's got like this big, huge baseball bat neck on it. And yeah. just... Oh man, Potson's one of my guys too. I'm not a big. Me too. I I was, you know, I was always more of a band guy, more of a song guy, a little less of a shred guy. Sometimes if you were just, you know, I just it wasn't. He's not like that though. He doesn't play the no. shred. He's it's more so good. Fluent, so fluent, and have. Oh, speaking of which, have you heard Adrian Smith and, and Richie Cotts' project? I heard the one song from it. Yep. Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah, it, uh, is that all that's out? It, yeah, yeah, that single. It's, it's cool. cool. It's Two cool. guys you yeah. would never in a million years put together. I would never went. Well, you know, Richie Cotson will be doing a, a record with Adrian Smith, but yeah. Adrian Smith is another one of those guys. You know, he's in Maiden. He's when Maiden started to hit. You know. The stuff like wasted years and and some of that. But that's that's Adrian Smith, you know. Adrian Smith, yeah. You heard Adrian Smith's band Urchin before Iron Maiden. No, no. Like a like a seventies rock band. You know, you forget those. I forget the guys like Maiden and and even you know Motley Crue and Rat and all that. Those guys didn't. There was no real hair metal or anything. Those guys. So they were. You know, a lot of those guys were coming up on stuff like. You know, 70s rock, 60s, you know, Zeppelin, and early Aerosmith, and The Sweet, and... UFO. So many fans are big... So many artists are big fans of UFO. And that... And Michael Shane. Huge band. And a band that, you know, air era, UFO, you know, they didn't... There was... They were like... There's a whole era of the Scorpions that a bunch of that I didn't get. That the, the yeah. you know, Uli John Roth era, and, and Michael Schenker, and... You know, it, yeah. you forget that those guys are. They came up on stuff like Thin Lizzy and, and T-Rex and The Sweet and, you know, all of that stuff is what makes up. So if I like a hair metal band, I got to find out what they like. I'm the same. What band I love and I had to hunt it down was Girl. Which is Phil Lewis from L.A. Guns and Phil Collins from Def Leppard. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's, it's a great album. I think they had a, like a mild, it would have been overseas, but they had like a single, like a, I don't know if hit is the right word, but they had, you know, back in the day, they had something. Well, I don't know. I think there's a few songs on that album. Like they did a cover of Do You Love Me by Kiss. Love. Great song. Uh, my Number was, My Number, yeah, which Lily and Oxry did. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great cool. Lily and Axe reference. Axe version of it. It's really cool. I wasn't. Yeah, like yeah. Lily and Axe redid a girl song, which is cool. And at Hollywood Tees. I think Phil Collin is in a band with with or has a side band right now that sounds like Girl. Um. Oh God, what are they called? Well, he's he's with Man Rays. He's got his. He's got a band called Man Race, um, with um, with the drummer from the Sex Pistols. Really, the Sex Pistols. Paul is, Cook. I think the drummer Paul Cook. Wow, I know Phil. I he's remember. another one of those, you know, shredder guy. But a band like Leopard or that. The thing people miss 
uh, like with Leopard and Jovi, those big bands, you know, big arena acts, is you just can't deny those songs, man. It's impossible to say, well, those songs suck. You know, that song sucks. You know, Pour Some Sugar on Me sucks. Well, I can play it in a, you know... I can play it in a hockey arena right now, and everyone in there is going to sing to it. Exactly. And people are going to be... My kids know it. My kids are not big hard rock fans. But if I said, who sings Pour Some Sugar on Me? Who sings Living on a Prayer? They're going to tell me. Who sings Kickstart My Heart? Right. Yeah. And that's that's what you want, man. I mean, that those are the bands. Bon Jovi's still playing arenas and stadiums because of the songs. Yeah. Leopard's the same way. Um, some of the bands I loved, I mean, I loved, I was really into, they didn't translate super well. I loved Pretty Boy Floyd. I think that's a cool L.A. glam band. But I'll be honest with you, the song, I'm never going to go, well, Pretty Boy Floyd kind of reminds me of Springsteen and Dylan and Neil Young. You know, it, it, it wasn't that. Yeah, no, no, that's never going to happen. But, but. You know what the coolest thing about Pretty Boy Floyd was when Leather Boys with Electric Toys came out? Was the fact that they did Toast of the Town by Motley Crue that you could never get a hold of, that you couldn't find because it was long out of print and they only released it on the original 45. Um, so what was it? Stick to your guns, right? Stick to your guns and Toast of the Towns. Yeah, it was Stick to Your Guns. So if you wanted to hear that song, you had to hear Pretty Boy Floyd do it, and which I always thought was so cool. And, and by the way, it, it's a great song. It's a great L.A. glam I, rock. I don't killer tune. I don't understand why that song never ended up on Too Fast for Love. I always thought that was strange, and I always find it weird that they took off "Stick to Your Guns" too because it was a great song as well. Yeah, and you would think at that time they were probably pushing it live, playing it live, giving out those forty-five. So you would think people would have been, you know. You know, Yo, ready for you know what though I have I have a co- I have the leather records pressing I actually have two of them of oh my gosh of too fast for of love. too fast for love funny story about too fast for love in Canada um, you could get it here in Canada on the Electra label what happened was crew was doing a tour here yeah they were coming up here to Canada and Electra hadn't remixed the album yet. So what they did was they released it here in Canada, the Leather Records version. Really? Yes, I have a copy of it on vinyl. Oh, how different is it? Uh, oh, have you never heard it? The Leather Records no, version? I, uh, nope, I never heard oh, it. Is it a production thing? It is, is it? It is 100% better. 100%. Really? They're like on Live Wire, you know, where the stops are at the end where it, there's a bunch of stops. Yeah. Yep. There's clapping and there's cheering on it. It's they, they took out a bunch of stuff. Like if you ever heard, there's an intro on Too Fast for Love. Um, uh, that's not on the... That's the not that Electra Electra release. And then, really? Yeah. And then there's other things. Um Merry Go Round uh, is more Great a twelve string at the on the intro with the electric guitar, and they buried that in the mix on the electric. Oh, uh, I gotta find it. I gotta find. It sounds like something I gotta be listening to. I, I will. Just, it really does. I'll, I'll see. I'll try and drop box it to you because I have it on. Yeah, I have it so in the box. Cool. I have it in the box set. So because they came up to you guys, I remember the story again talking about Jerry Miller and and Metal Edge and Rip and all those magazines. Um, they came up to Canada and were like, there was a big stink at the border, yes. you know, all their stage gear and yes. all that stuff. I remember here. Yeah. Of course that 
that's just adds to that. Yeah, because they had the handcuffs kid. and the porno max. Yep. Yes. <laughs> shit. Yes. And they got stopped at the border. That's great, yeah. man. So, oh, so the other version I have it, they, they reissued it. Uh, okay. 2000s. I haven't. I have that reissue. I've ne- It's opened, but I've never played it. And it's got. They redid the single too, which I had already bought. So I have two copies of the sing- The reissues of the single, and the one inside that album's. I've never opened it, so I've never played that and never opened. It. I've, I have my other copy, and then I have. I have the reissue of the Electra Too Fast for Love version, and then I have the original. So. I'm just. Oh my gosh! I'm a, you got it all. I'm a huge crew head. Like I have a gold record on my wall of girls, girls, girls that my really yeah that was bought for me years ago. Are they the? I mean, when you're going top, you're going your top dog, your top hair metal band. Who is? Is it Jovi? Is it them? It's a toss up, and you're not going to believe this. My two top favorite bands of all time: Motley Crue and Danger okay. Danger. Really? Yeah. Yeah, danger, danger! Wow, my buddy loves them. Well, Todd from Ghost of Sunset, yeah, I, he's a huge. Danger, I just danger think fan. I think that was the band. If anybody should have made it and should have been huge, it was them. Especially, I think Screw It was amazing. I think the first album was great. I think Screw It was amazing, and I think Cockroach was the album that could have put them over the top. And unfortunately, you think it was just too late? It was too late. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's unfortunate. I think I think. The job that they did on that album, and and personally, my personal feeling on it is, if they had released it with Paul Lane, the second version, that would have done. That would have done. That would have been the one. The Ted Poley one's good. A lot of those bands, a lot of those bands missed. It just you know came came at the tail end of it. You know yeah. they just and and what a weird time you know to, I, you know I don't know what it was like before i don't know what the transitions were like from i don't know let's say late 70s or mid 70s rock and roll to disco or you know uh when we went from uh, to synth pop in the early 80s you know and the synthesizer driven i don't know what those those things were like because i wasn't a active musician at the time but i know when the hair metal thing stopped when grunge came in when it was the new flavor it was um it was all encompassing i mean it was Every band I loved had now was coming out. They were heavier. They didn't look as you know the songs were heavier. They weren't as glammed up anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, Guns and Roses had a lot to do with that. I'm sure a lot of these guys went. We got to be more street, man. You know, Motley. They were able to. They kind of went through it all. You know, they kind of. They were smart. Did it all. I think Motley's one that eludes me because I think that. I don't know if we talked about this before, but I think that uh, the 94 album was amazing. The Karabi album? The Karabi album. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way the band was evolving on Decade of Decadence with a song like Primal Scream, I, I almost feel like we got gypped. Like, I would agree with that. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah. that song is amazing. And then you factor in their cover of Teaser and Rock and Roll Junkie. It was going very, like, bass-oriented with the drums, really groove, you know, and then playing Mick with the slide guitar. It was almost throwing back to their early influences, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and because I, I just feel like, had they not broken up, what we would have gotten and what it would have been with Vince and what kind of album they would have put it put out. 
and, and you know, and then when you know, uh, what was the Vince uh, new tattoo and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I, I think they were just that was a, a band kind of flailing. You know, they were trying to find, you know, they were back on their heels a little bit. You know, trying to figure out what to do when you've been Motley Crue and all of a sudden you're not. Yeah, and I mean, Tommy, and Tommy leaves the band, and uh, Randy Castillo played on that album, and who I love, yeah, me too. I love Randy, yeah, and God bless his soul. I, I just, I thought that the two songs on the greatest hits they did, uh, "Enslaved" and "Bitter Pill," yeah, I thought they were amazing, and I was like, okay, if they went from Generation Swine, they went into those two songs. And I'm like, if they can keep it up, these songs are really, really good. If that's the dra- if they're going to keep that direction, but new tattoo was just, I think it lacked. I mean, well, and you know, dude, they were, they were. Let's be uh, completely honest, they were Motley Crue. Yeah. Now, yeah. in 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 the '80s, when that excess was cool and and it was all cool, and you know, the classic Crue story about hairspray, fire, and makeup, or yeah. whatever it was, um, that was all cool. It's what happens to a lot of these bands, I think, is we, and we're guilty, I'm guilty, you're guilty, you know, we don't want them to, I don't want you to not be, you know, the first album, Faster Pussycat, you know, it's hard for us to let these people, I want my bands to evolve, I want them to mature, I want, but I don't want you to lose the way so much that I can't hear what I originally loved. I, you know, I wonder what I mean. I thought "Afraid" was an amazing song. I th- yeah, thought it was a great yeah. song. I wonder what it would have sound like. Sounded like had it not been on that album. Say it had been, you know, I don't know when, but another period of time in Motley Crue's career where they didn't make it sound so. You know, Scott Humphreys produced that album. He was like the Rob Zombie type of guy and. It, and he boxed Mick out of the whole thing. Yeah, really. yeah, know. which was horrible. Like, how do you take right. how do you take Mick Mars out of the equation? Like, seriously, right? Like, it's Mick, and replace him with a synthesizer or yeah. a, you know, yeah. yeah it's it, yeah. this is Motley Crue. This isn't Rob's. This isn't this the new flavor, the Marilyn Manson, whatever you're doing. You right? You've just taken Motley Crue, and this is their comeback album, and you've totally destroyed it. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing is you gotta. I, I think in this in this industry, you know, as a, a a catalog band, you know, more than a flash in the pan, more than one album, more than a lot of my favorite artists from even the '60s. You know, we get to go, dude. Hendrix was amazing. Everything he did was yes, it was. It was in the span of these three, four releases. Right. Yeah. You know, nobody ever in the mid '70s or late '70s, no one went, hey, Jimmy. We gotta have something for disco, man. We gotta have something for the clubs. Do you have any? Like you know, Kiss? <laughs> you know, right? Kiss did it. You know, um. So we didn't get that. We don't. There's never an era of Janis Joplin where she, you know, I don't know, where she either, you know, tries to sing power ballad. You yeah, know what they I just mean? Just weren't along. They, they weren't around long enough to be they able weren't, to do that, right? That's rock and roll for you, right yeah. there. That's rock and roll. It's they. It's been said it's a young man's game. I, as an old man, I do believe that you know there. There's certainly some merit to that. The one thing that we didn't get is we never got to the Hendrix who maybe you know we did, we saw this guy and we never saw him evolve because yeah. he couldn't. 
he didn't have time. Janis Joplin didn't evolve. No, and the albums came out so quickly. The albums, they were forcing out albums so quickly, right? Right. And, and you know, that's the thing. We just never saw. So the good side is we get to always live with Hendrix in our mind. He's got his afro and a headband and his guitar's on fire and it's, the Woodstock is cool. Um, he never, he's not Vince. Let's just say that. I mean, I love crew. You love crew. Love them. Yeah, obviously. Is it hard? Is it hard to look at Vince Neil right now? Is it hard to hear what he's doing on stage? For me, it is. I don't mean any harm to that man. And I don't mean, uh, first of all, his, you know, it would be, it's no different than, you know, a boxer going out who's hasn't trained and who's overweight and can't keep his hands up. Um, It's the same thing. I don't think Vince Neil needs to always sound like, he did in you know 1981 or looked that way well i mean but vince always wasn't the greatest live singer and we all know that right oh oh, yeah right it it amazes me when people go god he sounds terrible i'm like watch the 83 us festival it's terrible it's terrible it's awful um he's pitchy and he's but 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 that's what made him so great that's what you know like Right. They were out there putting, they were giving, at the US Festival, they were just, they were out there banging out a set. They banged out in clubs. I mean, I can see it. You can see it. Looking at them now, watching that US Festival footage, I can see their nerves. I can tell Mick is nervous. I can hear Mick, you know, hit that he's flat on one section and slides into a chord, you know. Um, He's doing, they're lining up and doing the thing and where they're kind of in a line and I can hear the Les Paul pitch going up and down because he's moving the neck. You know, I get all that. But the thing is, they went out and they, they did it. And in 1983, there wasn't a whole lot. You hadn't seen it before. You had seen a, a real, you know, you had Kiss and such, but Molly were something different, you know? They were, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like the... How did you just, what was that, you know, that look in Looks to Kill video? It was like that uh, Mad Max type of... Mad Max, yeah. You know, like that, uh, I don't even know what you call that. Um, Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, it it was, remember those album covers, man? Remember Shout at the Devil and the pictures of the guys? It's like, man. man. It was was larger than life. There's only two, there's only really two bands I've ever seen in my life that I thought... There's that were larger than life, and it was the first time I saw Kiss, and the first time I saw Shout at the Devil era Motley Crue, and thinking, yeah, wow, wow, yeah, and they were. I mean, make no, they were larger than life. I say this about you know, I, I'm a tremendous Rolling Stones fan. Uh, 1972 era Stones, Exile on Main Street. That's my that's thing. Amazing. In 1972, 73, you know, Stones are on tour. I'm telling you, they lived. They made their own laws. Their that whole touring party operated under its own set of rules, and 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 it didn't care what um, Middle America thought. You know, that's what Motley was like. That's that music, that hair metal stuff is so. The early, the good bands from it seemed so rebellious because they were. Yeah, they were they totally were. Dude, yeah, they. You know, the, you'd see interviews and you'd see. You know, I you knew for a fact you didn't. You never looked at Nikki Six and went, mm, "I bet during the day he's a stockbroker." <laughs> you know, you just didn't do that because <laughs> you, you knew. <laughs> you know what? <I> <laughs> oh, or Mick Mars. I, Hello, this is Mick Mars, stockbroker. Right. You just don't. Those guys, those bands, they didn't operate like that. No. They were, like you said, 
we've lost that. We've lost and, a lot of that. I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of overexposure, of, of giving too much, of sharing too much. Um, you know, because I, to be honest with you, it's cool. Now I probably would go, oh, it's so cool to see, you know, Nikki playing with his kids or petting his cat or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. In 1983, I didn't want that. I didn't want, I certainly didn't want to think, I didn't even want to think these guys had car payments to worry well, about or, it's funny. you know. That's funny that you mentioned that because I think about the bands that came out in that era. Okay, you think of Motley Crue. Always been dysfunctional. Yes. You think of Dawkins, George Lynch, Don Dawkins, dysfunctional. Rat, dysfunctional. Quiet Riot, dysfunctional. <laughs> it's just well, the reason is is those people. You know, they were they've been in they were in the music business forever. The music business is will stunt your growth right away. Yeah. Especially rock and roll. You know, it's a young man's game, and it's also again it operates outside the the norms of society. The other thing is, I mean, dysfunction, those guys aren't all, no offense, I mean, no offense to any of them, we're not dealing with genius level people here. I mean, they're from the streets, a lot of them, um, left home young, uh, a guy like Nikki Six has a history of abuse in his family oh, yeah, and sure. addiction, and so these are not, in 1983, uh, the, the Motley Crews of the world, the rats of the world, these are not super what I would call fully developed human beings. You know, they're just not. Because all they do is sleep all day, they rock all night, you know, they go to the rainbow, they, they, they get chicks, they, yeah. they do blow, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know who, you know, the famous famous Motley Crue apartment, you know, off Sunset. Yeah. I don't know who paid for that. I can't, you know, I don't imagine those guys sitting around a table together going... Guys, we got to work on this budget. We're coming up short on rent every week. You know, I mean, it doesn't work like that. Oh, it was probably more like uh, you got a girlfriend. You got a girlfriend. uh, Yeah. Who's got the Who's got the best girlfriend? Who's got the most money? So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure it's. I was at the Rainbow and I met this chick, and her father's a movie producer, man, and she'll take care of it. I mean, you've heard you've heard Poison talk about it. You've heard Motley Crue talk about it. Guns and Roses about. You had a girlfriend so that you could, you know, eat. <laughs> and we talked about that before, and, right? Right. Well, right. It was the idea that, you know, I, I, I think I remember it might have been Motley saying, oh, yeah, we'd let girls over to the apartment, but they had to bring food. That's right. Like you had to bring food to come in yeah, and, and, you know, ultimately sleep with a member of Motley Crue. And which know? is hilarious. And I think we did touch that on that in the last interview. And you know what? I will make reference of this because if Brian Weatherby is um, <laughs> listening to this, uh, he, he'll, he'll probably mention it to me that uh, we've already talked about this. Yeah, you guys are, well, when I get going on on, on this era of music, I, I it's just, I you know, there's so much depth to it for me. There's so many, you know, and then I, you know, bands like the Lesser Knowns, the Hanoi Rocks. And, Love them. You know, uh, you know, guy, and I can even go back, you know, I can draw my lines. I can, in Motley Crue, I definitely can hear Cheap Trick. I can hear, you know, I can hear all that, the sweet and and all the stuff they liked. And, you know, of course, Quiet Riot, you know, we can say Slade and stuff like that. But I I was not, make no mistake, as cool as I want to sound right now, in 1983, I was not a big Slade fan. You know, I I didn't, I'm sure I barely knew who they were. No, no, you're right. But, 
but because I love this stuff so much, because we love this stuff so much, we're willing, we're going to go that extra step. And that's, those are the people that, you know, with our band, um, that's who I'm looking to appeal to. I don't think, you know, I don't think there's chart topping success in the future for Ghosts of Sunset. What I think is there's an opportunity to give something to the people who are just like me, who grew up like I did, who like what I like, who dig rock and roll and are willing to go, I get it. Yeah, that part, that middle section sort of reminds me of Bon Jovi. Yeah. And, and when they would come to me and say, you know, that middle section reminds me of Bon Jovi, I'm certainly not going to go, I've never heard of Bon Jovi. <laughs> I'm going to go, yeah, we were probably going, hey, man, let's get a middle section going kind of like Jovi would. Or, you know, let's have that bass pattern thump. Yeah. Straight AIDS, fast for love, you know. Uh, that's because that's how we paint. That's what our palette is. That's what the colors on our palette are. They're what we grew up on. And I can throw them at the canvas. They're going to come out different. But my painting and your painting, we're all going to have kind of the same shade of red. And we're all going to go, yeah, that shade of red there, that's Motley Crue. That's so true. That black shade over there, that's Pussycat. Now, your picture and my picture are completely different. But those colors are the same, and that's because we, we have the same palette. We, and then I listen to you play, or your band, or, and I go, oh man, I, I never thought to do it like that. So now I take that color and I add it to my palette. And it just means I can paint a more in-depth picture. It doesn't mean I'm ripping anyone off. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm some sort of you know plagiarist. It just means I want all the colors I can get. And if that... If my painting, I'm looking at my painting and something's missing and someone says, you know, you could put, you know, this color yellow right there. And that color yellow is, I don't know, Taylor Swift. If it makes my painting look better and sound better, I'll put the Taylor Swift yellow in it and I'll be proud to do that. It's funny that you mention that because Butch Walker. Uh, game. But Butch, dude, but Butch I, don't get me started on Butch Walker. You don't do you like Butch Walker? Uh, I love Butch Walker. I, I have a podcast of my own, The Narcissistic Music Disorder. You do? Oh, we, I didn't even know that. Why are we Yeah. That? Okay. Yeah. But we, every episode, organically, every episode, we will mention Butch Walker. Uh, be it South Gang, be it producing, the Floyds, be, you know, it, Floyd's anything. Revival, Marvelous <laughs> 3, you know, the Black well, we, I'm, I love, I'm, I'm, you know, for as far as Butch Walker goes, I'm a, my favorite album is The Spade. Um, I, mean, I just think I that's love a that. great record. I love it. Um, and I still, I hijacked your conversation. So you're talking about, we were talking about Taylor Swift. And well, yeah, Butch it's funny because Butch's latest album, which my daughter bought me for Christmas. Nice. Um, there was something about one of the songs. I can't remember which one it was. And on Sleaze Rocks, because I write for Sleaze Rocks, I had to do my top five. Yep. That album was, that that was my number one. And it beat out Black Swan, which was Robin McCauley and Red Beach. And I loved, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I loved that album all year until I got this Butch Walker album. But one of those songs, somehow there was like a chorus in it. And Olivier, uh, I think he took it out of there that I had written it in, or maybe I changed it. And I had actually mentioned that this is like Taylor Swift, but right. more intelligently put in 
but it's got like this Taylor Swift type of chorus, which I think is a compliment to her because she can write a killer song and she knows how to write. Dude, it's a compliment to her that Butch Walker covered one of her songs and played every instrument on it. That's right, exactly. You know, um, it's a compliment to her that Ryan Adams redid a whole album of hers. She's um, a great writer. Amazing. Exactly. I'm not, you know, Taylor, Taylor Swift's a great example. Do I own Taylor Swift albums? I do not. No. Am I going to get in my truck tomorrow and drive somewhere and go, I got to listen to Taylor Swift? I'm not. Can I recognize a young, I mean, and she's still young, but someone who writes their own songs and, and people go, well, she writes about her boys and breakups and all that. What else is a 17, 18 year old girl supposed to know about yet? Well, yeah, you know, those, exactly. those, those songs are going to change as she develops, you know? That one song that she wrote that uh, Little Big Town did, I don't Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's a phenomenal song. Um, Listen, songs, songs stand up, man. Songwriting, it can be, if it, it's John Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, and now uh, Taylor Swift in the same breath as those people. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, but it can happen. I mean, as she gets older and as she evolves, like she's already got that songwriting ability and she can write a great hook and she can write a great song. And let's be honest, she probably right now could quit turning out any music, could stop doing it right now and live the rest of her life, you know, quite comfortably. Exactly, Um, exactly. but that's that's what I think is lost in the in this hair metal argument, you know, where where people are, oh, this hair metal's dumb. It's this, it's that. Well, it's not. It's you know those songs about you know uh, toast of the town, you know, and all that. Yeah. Those songs are documenting that life. That's what it was like, and you know, bastard um, off a shout at the devil and, and knock him dead, kid. I mean. The streets of L.A. were not always forgiving, you Well, know? think about the line, in bastard, pull out your life, in goes my knife, consider yeah. bastard dead. Like, that was street. That's the way that you lived it. And you listen to, like, Mr. Brownstone by GNR. Right. Um, I mean, it's a song about heroin, but that's that they were living it. Night Train, the same thing. They were living it. You know what I mean? And that's what makes it, and that, that I guess that's, I need, in my songwriters, I need one of two things. I either need you to be out living it, which is great, or I need you to be the t- kind of person who can sit back, take it in, and process it, and return it to me in the form of a song, yeah. and tell me the story. Like, I don't think every writer on earth, every you know writer of prose, necessarily needs to have experience in everything they write. But sometimes, you know, uh, it's the the Springsteen line, you know, the poets down here don't write nothing at all. They just sit back and let it all be. That's so good. And that's, that's what, that's your, yeah, I don't think John Bon Jovi probably, you know, I don't know that he worked on the docks ever. I, mean, I think he swept up a recording studio. Well, for yeah, time. worked at Power Station and recorded at night, right? Right. But he has, those great writers have that ability to to take those little bits and turn them into something. Well, that's just and that. that's so true. That's beautiful. That's that's what Motley did. That's what Rat did. That's what Quiet Riot did. That's what you know. All those bands that people look down on and, and smirk at. Ha ha ha! It's hair metal or it's this, it's that. You know what? They they were documenting something that was happening. Now, to the people maybe you work with or I work with, I call them squares or straights. Yep. You know these people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it doesn't make any sense to them. 
No. But they've never, they've never wanted, and I'm not saying never. Let's, uh, but they, they don't look for that. They're not. They don't want a taste of those experiences. It's like, I want, I want to be able to know what that's like, and in order for me to do that, I get it out of songs. I get it out of songs. That's where I get it from. I don't read about it. I listen about it. Um, and and that's that's why you can't deny the songs. You cannot deny. You can't deny Jamie Lane. I know we talked about him before. You can't deny Motley. You can't deny. I mean, you can't. You know, I mean, any of it. I mean, you think Nikki Six, who I I feel does not get enough credit for a lot of his lyrics. When you read those lyrics on Wild Side, when you read the lyric, even on Girls, 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 as much as the content is about right. Girls, Girls, Girls and strip clubs. He's making reference to a lot of strip clubs, and he's making other references. And then you go to Dancing on Glass, where... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And for some reason, I think because it was a hair band, it never got taken seriously because it's Motley Crue. And another one that just drives me crazy that doesn't get enough credibility for songwriting is Brett Michaels. Because, oh, yeah. Because when you read the lyrics to Every Rose Has a Thorn, or right. something to believe in... Those are some pretty, like, something to believe in is a heavy lyric. It's a heavy, right. you know, my best friend died a lonely man in some Palm Springs hotel room. I got the call last Christmas Christmas Eve when they told me the news. You know, and then he pours his heart out. You know what I mean? Well, and that's always, for me and, and for the majority of us uh, who like that kind of music and who, you know, that's always going to resonate with me because that's, it's human experience, and that's what I want. My your human experience can be as simple as you know, uh, you know, went to a party last Saturday night, didn't get laid, I got in a fight, right? It can be that, or it can be it can carry the weight of Bon Jovi's "Living in Sin." It can carry the weight of the song "Doctor Feelgood." You yes, know, it's about, it, it's about a drug dealer. And it's about, you know, it's about how these drug dealers, you know, this particular drug, Rat Tail Jimmy, you know, is is above the law, dude. He's yep. above the law. He makes the rules of the streets. And that's I, that's true. That's how that works, you know. And it's amazing. You know what's interesting about that is Nikki somehow was able to keep his street credit, like to keep that going talking about still talking about the streets and maybe it's because he stayed dark for so long you know like he i mean his addiction to heroin and right you know what i mean and maybe that's kind of what kept him kept him in tune with that it's hard to say right i i it's definitely hard to say but it, it you know lyrically it it's painting pictures yeah. and that's that's what you know and and i'm telling you know does pour some sugar on me it paints a picture to me it really does it um i got your number off the bathroom wall right yeah. pussycat that makes Sorry, sense no. to me it makes sense it, to oh, me, it makes sense know? to me too but i mean think of duff leopard and gods of war which was right which was Okay, the album's mostly a bunch of pop songs, a bunch of pop hard rock songs, but then you throw in Gods of War into that, and you know, you've got Ronald Reagan making a speech, and Margaret Thatcher's in there, and they're, and it's more or less, you know, talking about uh, what's going on in the world and the Cold War and all that stuff that is happening at the time. At the time, I know. And, and, and make it work. Yeah. That's what gets me, is they could put it in and make it work. And we, 
for every, you know, I love lyrics that are, you know, let's drive the car and get the chicks and do the drugs. I love those lyrics. And I also, you know, I come from that, you know, the world of Iron Maiden, you know, where Iron Maiden made me smart because I could reference things that I'd heard in their music that I certainly wasn't going to read in a book that, you know, I needed presented to me in a way. The story of Icarus, you know. Right. Well, Megadeth was that for me on Rust in Peace because oh. there's a lot of topics on that album that were, very, you know, holy wars, punishment due. I mean, he's talking about what's going on in the Middle East. And, Middle East, you know, yeah. Like, we were, we didn't have to read a newspaper because all we had to do was right. sit down and listen to certain bands and they would tell us what was going on. They would tell us what, and you know what? The, the hair metal guys don't get the credit for it, but make no mistake, the, the hair metal guys were documenting life in Los Angeles, California in the 80s, the same way that when I heard bands like Public Enemy and NWA and the EZ and Ice Cube and all that and Ice-T, I'm going, that can't be real. You know, this is all sounds too violent and too... And, you know, what, what police officer is going to pull you out of the car and beat you because of the color of your skin? Guess what? That was happening. That was happening. That's right. It was happening, man. And that's, and it's like, um, I don't know, I've never been, you know, to prison and I've never been wrongly convicted of a crime, but I can tell you that we kings will tell you what that's like. Well, David Mailgard, right? And a lot of, I, I, I don't think uh, it, it resonated to the United States because people didn't know about David Melgard and being, right? Right. We didn't have that. And no. I, a lot of the stuff, and that's with the hip, I, you know, I needed to, um, I did, I needed to do some research, my Canadian research, just so, you know, there's, a, we have two, these two countries, right? And I'm in Michigan, so we're, we're close. And, and we could, you know, certainly more so in the past, but, you know, I would go to the UP camping and we would just bounce over to Canada. We would just go up to Canada, you know, and, and, and you know, we had that freedom of movement, but, for two places that are so geographically close to one another, there's a lot we don't know about each other's culture that a guy like me, I get through the hip or I get through Neil Young or I get through, you know, whatever Canadian band there may be that I'm interested in. And, and the same for England, you know, the the, the English rock bands. We, you know, we talk about the cult and the new romantic movement that was coming out and when the early cult was around. It just get it, my world just wasn't the scope of my world wasn't nearly as large um, as music made it, and that's what I wanted. I want that from music. I want you to give me experiences that I maybe I won't. I hope I hope to God I never overdose on heroin, but Kickstart My Heart will give you a feeling of what that's like, you know, and that adrenaline, and you know. It is how he made that song what it was with ODing on heroin and just the feel of the song and how he did it it's i don't people don't realize when you hear a certain song and you're like okay you just take it for granted that it's just a song but he had to come up with that idea and how he was going to make that resonate in the song to actually make you feel what he, yeah, yeah. To, up, to raise your heart rate, you know, to, to get that. Yeah. I, artists um, need to be, ex- and they will. I bet down the road it's happening already, but there'll be deeper examinations of this whole cultural movement of hair metal. I mean, we, 
it gets dumbed down a lot because what happened is it got so silly. It became a parody. And then, you know, every, you know, every bar band in my hometown, you know, every dude in the band had, you know, spandex pants and this and that. And, you know, they were by the daytime, they were, you know, they worked at the insurance company and, you know, they always looked awkward. You know, you always saw those guys who never looked quite right on stage. Well, like Mark Wahlberg when he went to work and he's fixing the photocopier and the guy's like, are you wearing eyeliner? And he's like, I'm in a band. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, Rockstar, exactly. And, and yeah, that, right. that was the thing is, I'll tell you what, before I could play the guitar, before I could play anything on it, and I just had it, right. I was a kid, then I was a guitar player. I played, now, I would tell my friends, you know, yeah, I've got a guitar, I'm a musician. I wasn't a musician. I couldn't even get anything going on the thing. But I start that identity meant the world to me. And in some small way, because I had a guitar and, and you know, I loved music and I was trying to make up songs. Somehow now I was more connected to the Nikki Sixes and John Bon Jovi's and Bruce Springsteen's and Neil Young because we did the same thing. We make music. And, and 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 no, I'm not Bruce Springsteen or John Bon Jovi or Nick Six. None of that. But we work in the same medium, so I can only imagine it's the same. You know, maybe I maybe I paint you know subway train cars. I'm a graffiti artist, right? But somewhere in there, I'm connected to Van Gogh because we use paint to express ourselves. You know, that's what music is, and that's why people it resonates. With the listener, you know, these folks that are following Ghosts of Sunset and, and buying our music and listening to it and commenting on it, basically what they're doing is they're going, we're there with you, man. We're there with you. I get that. We're that Either I love that kind of music and you're a throwback to that and I like that or the story or the song or the... Or just, you know, I got out of work on Friday. It had been a terrible week. I put on this song and for five minutes i didn't think about my terrible week and you know what if i did that for the rest of my life for other human beings like it was done for me then i'm i'm done i i'm happy i've made it i've done everything i've wanted i if if some person could go god it was a terrible week and i put on ghost of sunset and i i drove home a little faster i had the window down and crank by the second stoplight I forgot what had happened at work that made me so mad because I listened to the song and I started going, man, that guitar riff reminds me of, you know, Faster Pussycat. And then I got thinking about 87 when I saw Faster Pussycat and, you know, me and Frank went together and, oh, man, we got drunk. It was great. It's just the whole, that's what we're trying trying to do. That's, your podcast is going, it's just connecting people. And God, more than ever, without sounding too hippie about it, We've never needed it more, ever. Certainly in my country, we've never needed it more. We've never needed it more. I wrote it, I mean, in my Sleeves Rocks uh, end of the year thing, I said that um, I feel that once everything gets back to normal, that concerts are going to be insane because everybody's going to want to go to a concert because... For the longest time, we just took it for granted. We just thought, okay, it's going to be there. I can't go to this show, but I'll go to the next one. Well, for a year, there hasn't been a next one. Well, and and that is, that's more true than, you know, that's probably one of the truest statements ever made. And the thing is, 
you know, you talk about community and bringing people together and, and music doing that. The parking lot of those hip shows I went to, standing in the front row, you know, next to somebody that I have never met in my life who's from another country. That person is from another country. And yet, when the opening chords of Fully Completely come on and I look at a stranger from another country and I hug that person, that man, I hug this man, and we both jump up and down, it's because yeah. he, I'm not American, he's not Canadian, I, we're not this, not that, hair metal fans, we're rocking, we're rockers, we're rock and rollers, and, and we want other, we want that connection with people who understand us, and if you know the hip, then you kind of understand me a little bit. You know, well, he probably likes this stuff, or you know I love hair metal, you know I like rock and roll, um, you know, yeah. that's why we put our uniforms on as kids. That's why we had our denim jackets or we put our buttons on or in our backpack. Right. Our, Man, we our wore our concert our... T-shirts all the time. And, that's and, and it was my way of going, this belongs to me. This is who I am. So when you see me come down the hallway, I might be looking down. I might be, you know, I'm shy. I'm, a, you know, in sixth grade, I'm a chubby kid. But I'm also wearing, you know, a, a cheap trick T-shirt, and and so you know I'm a rocker, and and that's I'm I'm a little bit dangerous because you know I'm in a Motley Crue shirt. You don't know how dangerous I am because Motley Crue's dangerous, and I listen to dangerous music. <laughs> You know, and 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 that's so right, though. It's so true because you thought you were badass. Of course, I was badass by you know by it's like guilt by association. I was badass by association. I was Iron Maiden made me literate by you know I I understood concepts like you know the rhyme of the ancient mariner and the flight of Icarus, and I understood Egyptian lore, and I. Or, or, you know, or I'm a Motley fan and I'm dangerous. I'm raw. I'm on the streets, man. Now, I lived in a small Midwestern town. Right? You know, I, I had to be in when the streetlights came on. But in my mind, yeah. and what I was telling society was, hey, man, Nikki Six and I, we run in the same circle. So you're probably not going to mess with him and you shouldn't mess with me, you know? That's right. Well, for me, it was like Youth Gone Wild. It was oh, like Sebastian God. Bach. And Sebastian <laughs> Bach was badass. And right. Was like, you know what I mean? It's funny because now you think of Sebastian and you're like, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, kind of wearing thin on me now. But uh, To say it's wearing thin, is that's a, a great way to put it. Uh, for me, it's getting embarrassing, I guess. Yeah. You know, and I don't want that for my artists either. I, I no. You know, I want my I want my artists to grow up with me. Yeah. Like Nikki Six yeah. is growing up. You know, yeah. like, he does really cool shit. He says cool shit. He's always got something good to talk about. Yeah. Like I don't see him speaking and going. I can't believe he just said right. that. You know what I mean? Because, and that's the thing, that's that's where the Jovies are, that's where the Nikki Sixes are, that's where, our, that's why we we went from a David Bowie with no eyebrows and red hair and platform shoes and Ziggy Stardust to the Thin White Duke era, to the suit era, to, that man it, right. it evolved and... Singing with Mick Jagger and dancing in the streets. Exactly. And, and then... Tin yep. Machine, which was so cool. What's Tin Machine? Yeah, totally pushing, 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 right. pushing. Neil Young, yep. love him or hate him, is the same way. Is the same way. He's yeah. he's gonna be Neil Young. Right. He's gonna follow that muse. And if you're being sincere and you're being authentic to me, you might your authentic thing might be, you know, 
kiss me baby or hit me baby one more time whatever it might be as long yeah. as it's authentic i'm gonna i'm not maybe gonna get into it but i'm gonna let you do that and i'm gonna respect that if you want my respect all you have to do is be authentic and that's true for our band that's how i feel it's like you can say what you want about ghosts of sunset you can go well this music stupid or it's been done or what but what you can't say is it's not authentic because i i can tell you where those influences came from i can tell you where their influences came from and i can tell you what it was like in 1988 making live music live rock and roll when appetite for destruction was you know a new album or (laughs) you know we were there for that and that counts for something and we were there and i just i remember watching music videos on tv Are are you familiar with the Killer Dwarf? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're aren't they? They're yeah, Canadian, I mean, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're Canadian, and uh, they're from. I mean, Daryl the drummer, Daryl Dwarf, yeah. uh, is actually from the town I live in. I don't live right in Toronto. Killer Toronto, but oh, you guys, I we haven't even we haven't touched on. I mean, now Rush comes up a lot, and and I was never a yeah. Rush fan. Although the I'm not a huge Rush. Although the guys, the Rush members, yeah. are. Probably, uh, I I would give anything to be friends with them. They're just solid. Cats. Oh yeah, no kidding. I mean, and they're and they're they're just. I mean, unfortunately, Neil Peart right. is no longer with us. But but I mean, they as musicians, oh, like stellar, right? Just not people. I can tell they, yeah, I, I can tell they're great people, and and they do think they make you know Helix. There's a band I loved, you know, Helix, and yeah. I, if I see if I see a band do something that maybe either plays with their public image or shows some humanity I get really excited so I get excited when I see you know Alex Lifeson on trailer park boys I love that I love that that's cool you know I I like to see those those moments where people aren't also aren't so wrapped up in the whole thing like Sebastian is wrapped up in the whole thing right now and forgets he's just you know I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band. I know? just want him to be cool again. <laughs> I just want him to be like, you know, like just, you know, buddy. Like, yeah, yeah. We really like you, and it's like we love the way you sing. Yeah. And you know, like I, I think I still think you're cool, but like just tone it down. Yeah, like, and like, you just want to say, hey, man, we're pulling for you. We're your yeah, fans. We like you. We like you. We, we love like you. you. Yeah, right. It's like that little kid you need to pull aside and go, man, we like you. You just need to <laughs> just back off a little bit. We like you except <laughs> when you're behaving negatively. <laughs> yeah, why do you got to act so bad all yeah. the time? You don't need to be bad anymore. We like you for who it's, you are, dude. <laughs> it's not 1989. No one threw a bottle at you on stage. <laughs> like, just relax, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, that is the so, truth, man. Bless you. So, oh. we're gonna do some questions. Okay, I got questions oh, for you. Killer. Man. We're gonna do like you know how like Stevie Rochelle does twenty questions. Yeah. Um, God, we are. Well, nerds. it's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be like like silly I questions just, like that. This is this is eighties eighties questions, and I started this uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, and the thing is, you've already right now you've reference stevie rochelle from tough and metal sludge yeah and and you didn't yeah. even preface you didn't preface any of that you didn't even define it you just knew that if you said stevie rochelle i knew you were talking about metal sludge and we've never talked about the fact that i yeah. been on the site or i know who tough are that's our problem we are we're in this pretty deep my friend 
Well, you know what? I love Stevie. Stevie's a great guy. And and I mean, I'm going to give him a plug in. Stevie's like the hardest working guy because he's always selling tough stuff. Yeah. Like every time I go on Facebook, it's like, yep. oh, you can buy a uh, an eight pack of tough albums and my two solo albums and I'll give you a free DVD. And I think that's awesome. It's like, and and the, uh, and I have to admit, I own most of that stuff he sells. Hey, so I, I saw Tough in concert. I they came right. Uh, oh, I did too. They were great. I loved that album. They were, what goes around comes around. Is that, no. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, they were great. But too I late. Liked Religious Fix too. It was a little too late. Yeah, they were a little um, too late. But yeah, all right. Hit me with the questions, Jeez. We'll go down every side oh, okay. street. Okay, okay. So, all right. so we got twenty. We got a bunch of questions. I think there's more than twenty. All right. So the first one. This is a nod to the great Three Sides of the Coin podcast because they always ask this question. Okay. Did Did Vinny Vincent save Kiss? Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wrote. He brought. I don't know if he he preserved Kiss. He definitely preserved. I think so too. Yep. Definitely. Right. He brought in, I mean, he brought in the songs. Yeah, definitely. Wow, that's cool. Okay, favorite 80s Kiss song. I, this is a wide spectrum, but I'm always curious because there's different, the 80s was so weird because they did so many I'm going to want to say something like, you know, I mean, I'm thinking All Hell's Breaking Loose. I always like that tune, but I, I, I might even have to go even, I might have to go poppier. No, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go... Man, I might go Tears Are Falling. Wow. Love that guitar. I might go I Tears Are Falling. And that's probably, I'm not sure who wrote that, but my, if I were a betting man, I'd say it was Kiss with some outside writer, maybe. like Desmond Child, yeah, maybe? Yeah. That's like a Desmond Child, yeah. Pauline yep. type Song doctor, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Best Kiss guitarist who isn't Ace Frehley. Oh, best Kiss guitar player who isn't Ace Frehley. You know what? I... <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I guess I would go. I want to say Mark St. John, but I never listened to it. Okay. Um, I'll go uh, Bob Kulik. <laughs> Bruce Kulik. Bob no. Kulik or Bruce no, Kulik? No, I'm going Bob. Bob Kulik? Wow. Wow, man. That's, that's cold hearted, man. That's cold hearted. <laughs> that I, is. I'm taking that. Is, I'm taking No, that's amazing because, I mean, he, he played on. You bet um, he did. On. On Killers, yep. he played on the uh, Alive Two stuff, he, the studio. He was all, all over, but that that was I was being flipped. I, I'm gonna say, um, but you know, certainly Bruce turned out a lot of great work with them. He really did. He doesn't get his props, Bruce. but Bruce really. It, Vinnie Vincent preserved Kiss to get them the makeup off and get them rolling through the '80s. Um, I think Bruce yeah. came in and really, along with songwriters, along with the Holly Knights and Desmond Child, yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, well, Jim Valance and Brian Adams. They worked on Creatures of the yeah. Night, and you've got um, what's it? I can't remember the other guy's name, but but yeah, I, I'll go Adam Bruce. Mitchell. I'll go Bruce Adam with Bruce? Bruce. I'll go Bruce with Bob okay. on the side. <laughs> okay, Bob. We'll take Bob on. The side. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Pretty Boy Floyd or Ugly Kid Joe? Pretty Boy Floyd every time, million times. Pretty Boy Floyd every right time. On. Okay, Warrant or Poison? That's a tough one. Man, I'm I'm going to say uh, my heart's with Poison. My uh, they just they um songwriting, I hate to say this, I warrant Janie Lane is a better songwriter in my opinion, but my heart's more Poison. I was a bigger Poison fan at the time. Cool. 
best Motley Crue album? Too Fast for Love. Oh, wow. Wow, that's cool. Okay. I gotta go Too Fast for Love. Too Fast for Love. Okay. Sammy or Dave? Sammy or Dave. Two different bands. Uh, Always gonna be Dave. Um... Uh, but the, I, that's two separate bands for me. I can love them both equally. Uh, in, for a band called Van Halen, though, it's always Dave. Okay, cool. Sleazebees or Vandenberg, two Holland, the two most popular Holland bands besides Golden Air. Wow. Sleazebees. What was the Sleazebees? Screwed, blue, and tattooed. I'm going to go Vandenberg just because I like Adrian Vandenberg so much. Loved him in White Snake and. Uh, yeah, Vandenberg. I love Vandenberg. the Vandenberg stuff. I love Vandenberg. Yeah. And the new album's phenomenal. I was going to say, uh, he's got Ronnie, new stuff out right now. Yeah, Ronnie Romero sings on it, and the guy's killer, man. He is so good. Yeah. Bon Jovi or, or Skid Row? Two Jersey bands. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Love Skid Row, love the energy of Bon Jovi. All right. L.A. Guns or Foster Pussycat? Oh, don't do this to me. Um, <laughs> pussycat. You I always say pass. I'm gonna say. You can say pass. Yeah, I'm saying pussycat. Still, they're they're just always gonna be my band. Okay, Poison's back. Cinderella, two Pennsylvania bands. Cinderella or Poison? Oh God, man. Cinderella. Okay. Bluesier. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so uh, these are the great. Offshoot of. The offshoot of Cinderella in Philadelphia, Brittany Fox or Black Eyed Susan? Brittany Fox. Brittany Fox. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Best album of the era that never got the attention it deserved. Ooh, best album of the Boy, god dang, there were so many um that never got the attention and, and you know, I can't say Pussycat. They got they got their attention. Uh, this album would be up there, I think. Uh, um, what goes around comes Which around. Was... God, there's so many. Uh, the I top album. There is the top album. Oh, that's good to see yourself. So... But you know what? There's that. a lot of there's a lot of bands to You're that. Right. I mean, Sleazebees uh, for me is in that equation. Oh I shoot! I think that's um, Sleaze... Sweet FA. Well, you know, and I was gonna say stuff like Heaven's Edge. Um, that's a good they one. Were, you know yeah. who was great? Every Mother's Nightmare was a really yes, good rock awesome. and roll band uh, who didn't awesome. really take off. I also liked Shotgun Messiah a lot back then. Love them. Um, yep. So you can, I mean, let's just mention all those albums. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good stuff. Right. Good stuff, man. Okay. Good stuff. Slaughter or oh. Vinnie Vincent Invasion? <laughs> yeah, uh, boy, neither one were much for me. Slaughter. Yeah. I, I probably listen to more Slaughter, Slaughter than Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Yeah. Okay. Slaughter. Best best Ace Frehley solo album. Um, boy, uh, boy, that's tough. The, his the, his actual Kiss solo album I really really liked. Um, but if we're going like later Frehley's Comet era, Frehley's Comet, yeah, yeah. What, what was the first one? It was just self titled Ace Frehley, Frehley's yep, Comet. I'll go that one. I like that album. Okay, cool. All right, best '80s tour. Like we're talking, like Motley, Tesla, bon Jovi, oh. Skid Row, Bon Jovi, Cinderella, Guns, Skid Row. Oh my gosh, best '80s pet. Um, boy. So the double the bill. The double bill. With so many good ones. I mean, uh, I, 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 Rat and Poison were great. Saw that show. Um, cool. That's I loved. 
86, I saw David Lee Roth in Cinderella. That was really good. Boy, there's so many good ones. The Blood, Sweat, and Beers tour that was Warrant and Firehouse and Trickster. Trickster, Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh, there's so many good ones. That's that's a tough one. But, you know, it's hard to pass, too. You forget the Monsters of Rock tour was out there. Van Halen, Scorps, all, you know, Yeah. on that that went around with Metallica and, and stuff. Was, like, yeah, Dawkins, Kingdom Come. I don't know, man. I'm still gonna. I'm probably gonna hang back and and do the. I'll do Rat and Poison. Cool. I mean, one for me that I didn't see the tour. One of the ones I my biggest regret of the tour that I never got to see was the Girls 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 tour with Motley Crue and White Snake. Yeah, I know that Motley. Uh, those guys were kind of always down on White Snake because they. They were a little more professional and, and maybe weren't as raw sounding, but I bet that was a great tour. Though I will tell you this, um, I'll bet you White Snake was crushing them every night. I bet I Motley bet had more fans good. and were rocking, and but musically, I'll bet you White Snake was just mopping the floor with them. I hate to say that. And you're probably right. I mean, when White Snake headlined and had Great White as their opener, yeah, that was probably quite the show as well. I saw that. I saw that tour. Yeah. Um, there was a third ba- you know who I saw I saw White Snake Great White and White Lion <laughs> no yeah that's a lot of white that was a lot did of they white they call it the white tour no did but they they, the white they should have but they did <laughs> oh man that, those are, these are or, great questions man or, or they should have called it the black tour oh yes that would have been even better yeah <laughs> the blackout tour the blackout the blackout oh, tour alright so Junkyard or Little Caesar? Junkyard. Junkyard, Junkyard, Junkyard. Though both bands, um, uh, you know, Tim Mosier from Junkyard played on another rock and roll show by Ghost of Sunset. Um, yeah. But on uh, on our upcoming album, um, there's a member of Little Caesar. Mark Tremelgia oh, cool. is on it. Yes, um, okay, and he played with Mark Knight. Yes, he's killer. Oh, and, and Mark, yeah, he's a killer. You know what player. I got to say, too? Mark Knight plays on our new stuff, too, and Mark's solo stuff is really cool. It's Americana, rootsy. Um, yes. Mark's cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah, I'm going to... Mark is coming on the show soon. Oh, actually. please. Mark Knight yeah. is coming on the show. Send, yes. Very, very, very cool. But yeah, I'm going to go Junkyard. I like that band a lot. Okay. All right, Mechanical Resonance or the Great Radio Controversy. Yeah, you're gonna be mad at me. I'm gonna go great radio controversy. Why would I be mad at you? That's I, I love that album, man. It's so hard. It's it's so hard. I know it. It is. Those are two phenomenal albums. Two phenomenal albums. But you know what? I got a I got a lot of love for Psychotic Supper in my heart too. A lot of me too, man. That's why I don't add it though, because to me yes. that's the best album. So I don't put it. It's like the pinnacle Tesla album. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go. Great radio controversy. That's killer. Best best poison album. Best what? Musically, native tongue. Um, yes. For for giving me what poison really is, the first poison album. Oh, uh, what's it? Look at the cat dragged in. Yeah. I mean, it's just that right. simple, cool. sleazy, straightforward. Yeah. Oh man. God. All right. Name three bands that Vivian Campbell has played. Oh, Dio, Def Leppard, White Snake, uh, Thin Lizzy. Uh, gosh, he's been in a bunch nice. of them. Um, there's, there's two more that are kind of like that. I mean, one, he's both of them he's playing in again. 
Well, he's thing. one. He's playing. He was in Lizzie Leopard deal. He's got his band now, The Last in Line. There um, we go. Yeah, and the River Dogs. Oh gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, and remember, he played with Lou Graham and Shadow King as well. That's a long time ago. A long yeah, time ago, right? Wow, good one. Holy cow, dude! And yes. then. And then the one, Sweet Savage, was the first band that was a new wave of British heavy metal band that he played in as well before he... I didn't know that. That I did not know. Yeah. So... Wow. Best... Wow. Best... Wow. Good one. Thanks, man. Best White Snake lineup. No! Oh! <laughs> oh, boy. That's hilarious. Um, and the, the reason it's hilarious is I just was back in the wormhole a, a week or two ago and i was heavy on um john sykes neil murray cozy powell david coverdale cool um, that is a good, um neil murray's a killer bass player yeah and i'm, I'm trying to think uh, the, who was on keys for that it, it, john lord it, I, yes i think it was john lord and then yeah, he left that, i love that I don't know what era you would call that. Uh, to me, it's kind of slided, slided in, era. in, but it's slided yep. in after. Yeah, it's and it's before '87 yep. album. It's, yep. Yeah. Oh, they're great. They're great. All right. So, oh man, good question. So here's another one for you: Sad right. Gang or Tough? Oh, man, I love Butch Walker so much. <laughs> um, tough. Tough. I listen to more Tough than South Gang. Definitely Tough, but uh, Butch Walker's. A hero. Yeah, Butch is the best. Okay, Bang He's Tango or Vane? Oh, dude. <sighs> That's a tough um, one because they're very similar. Yes. Very, like, yep. different, right? All right. Um, Bang Tango or Vane? Love, hate. <laughs> no, um... Uh, That's okay if you answer love, hate. I'm going to go Vane. I'm going to go Vane because I love No Respect. I think that's great album. Oh, it's amazing. So, but so Tango? Uh, I have... Uh, Psycho Cafe? They were better. Tango were better music. Bang Tango was a band made up of pretty killer mu- musicians. Musically, and they were innovative, and they were they were pushing. They weren't just a hair band. Bang Tango no, wasn't they were just a killer band. band. They were kind of, I remember when they came out in the Power Hour, Much Music Power Hour played them, and they were like, this is kind of like the next cult. They were kind of. Yes! They were on that cutting edge. They were just like yeah. kind of psychedelic. It, they were just a cool band. They heard, and, and Kyle Kyle was a, such a killer bass player, you yes. know, so there was but that pop, he could play and pop and slap and fit in in those songs so well, and, and Kyle Stevens and Mark Knight were one of my, the, killer, oh man. The drums and uh, Joe Lestet. Yeah, oh, great band. Amazing band. Yeah. So, Vixen, Vixen, or Girls School? Vixen, I listen to more Vixen than Girls School. Yeah, Vixen. I still love Vixen, Yeah. Man. Britt Lightning is the new guitar player, and she is so good. I really like her. Pop, just a great pop, you know, metal band. All good All play. Right. Roxy on the drums. Oh, killer. Exactly. All right. Yeah, exactly. So, earlier 80s, Quiet Riot or Rat? Oh, Nostalgia will say Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Metal Health was such a huge album to me. It was huge. Um, but... You know, longevity, I would go Rat. I thought Rat put out more quality albums than Quiet Riot did. But I I, I love Way Cool Jr. I just Oh, that, dude, that yes! It's just like, that's Warren at his finest. Warren Martini at his finest. Ugh. 
just hey, who's a, a monster oh. uh, monster guitar player Let, doesn't you don't hear his name enough and you should but warren warren d martini should be up there you should be anytime you're talking jakey lee george lynch d martini should be in there you know eddie van halen that west coast sound yeah. d martini yeah killer i love warren okay feelings on the current rat lineup minus warren the martini well, and now the current, I mean, there's, there's Steven and no one. Oh, no, it's Steven Juan, and Juan. Juan, yes. So I will say this. Uh, Steven, in videos I've heard recently, really has, sounds like he's back trying to get his game together, and I'm, I'm super yeah. glad for that. I was worried about him for a while. Um, Juan, you know, um, can, should not be discounted as a singer. He can sing fantastic backup, backup vocals. vocals. Yes. Yep. Great bass lines. Uh, back in the day, fantastic performer, had his own style, wrote. Um, and, and, you know, the guys they got playing for him are all quality musicians. Uh, Blotzer had a version of uh, his, Bobby yeah, Blotzer. Smith Perry was in it briefly. We're all great musicians, so I, I can't, you know, there's no complaints there. Um, but, yeah, I think the current lineup is, is, um, is what it is. But we have enough living members of Rat where I'd like to see him get past that and get on with things. Yeah, if Quiet Riot can go out with no original nobody. members, with nobody. nobody, and people will still go see them, then Rat can get it together with Warren and have Carlos play with the yep. guitar because Carlos yep. that was an yep. infestation was an amazing album. And I have, know, right? And have them go out and just. But Stephen came out last week and said. He would love to do one more album with the original line. With the original, yep. with the original. Put Carlos in there and get it. Uh, here's keeping my fingers crossed. They could do something. They could do something cool. They could be that added band. You know, they got yeah. they had Joan Jett and the Blackhearts on the Def Leppard uh, Poison uh, tour. Imagine Rat with the original on that tour. That would be <laughs> that'd be a great spot yeah. for. Him. And, yep. uh, and you know Warren's still got the riffs. He's still got All the riffs. All of them do. I mean, oh, yeah. S- Stephen is probably the weakest link, but that's just time and age. Yeah, that's... Um, he was never and great. Nope. And his health, when he's when he's sober and focused, he's still doing okay for... And, and you know, and he's a legend in this game, so... Yeah. Yep, let's get the original rat back together. Okay, I'm, I'm in. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. All right, so, Don Dawkins... Up from the ashes or Lynch Mob Wicked Sensation. Lynch Mob Wicked Sensation. Amazing album. Every time. And Every time. I'm with you on I love Up From the Ashes. I love uh John Norm and Billy White's guitar playing. Yeah, album. yeah. John was Norm cool. was in Europe, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, but you Wicked Sensation, oh, man. That was it just was, the uh, opening riff. Now yes. I will say this. I have the reissue, reimagined version of Lynch Bob Wicked Sensation. I don't feel great about it. How is it? It's horrible. Yeah, it, good. It okay. was a big disappointment. So yeah, no. Why would you remake Wicked Sensation? It's great the way. It I was. thought maybe they were remaking it the same because they couldn't get the rights from Electra for it. So you know, like oh, some bands do that where they can't some get political the right, thing. a political thing. So they just re-record the album. No, this is like no. rehash. This is this is like Bon Jovi. Uh, this left feels right, but worse. Yeah, know. I'm not in. Yeah. yeah, but Wicked Sensation every day. Love it. Uh, no Better Roses is my absolute yeah. favorite song on that album. I love that song. <laughs> Saw that tour. They were so good. Oh, they were so good. I envy you for that. Okay, where so was Sweet 
F.A. from? Oh, my God. Sweet F.A. I'm going to be sad. I have no idea. What is it? Indiana. Really? Yeah, it was like, it's such a weird thing. And I think it's like Indianapolis or... Really? And made it that far? Yeah, it's such a weird thing because, you know, you didn't have many bands. Like, you had Enough's Enough from Chicago. You had, you know, you had your bands from New York. Uh, I mean, I guess Dirty Licks came from Erie. But you didn't get a lot of bands from... You didn't get a lot from no, middle, middle America like that's that. That's right. You know? I mean, Black and Blue you came had, from Portland, but they moved to L.A. Yeah. Right? See, a lot of those bands did that. I mean, yeah, you didn't get a lot. Wow, that's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty And they wild. made a mark. Yeah, and they, I mean, I love Rhythm of Action. I love that. I still love that song. I love Rhythm of Action. I thought that was a killer tune. That's one of those ones that, I mean, probably could have made it, that, that should have done well, so... Timing, yeah, timing, and right. who they were putting money behind. Last one, and we've been on here for right. a long time. I'm so sorry. I know. You can, uh, you can so cut good. it down, I'm sure. All right. Best replacement member album in the 90s, which means like your Motley Crue, Motley oh. Crue, Poison, Native Tongue, Warrant, Ultraphobic, or Belly to Belly, Danger Danger, Cockroach, like something, you know, like. No, I, I've i got it already. Right. I, and you, you named it. It's Native Tongue. Cool. It's Native Tongue. Native Tongue is like, I, I know they were trying to mature. I know they had Richie in there. Richie can sing. It, it, he can play. I loved Native Tongue. I have a, a concert video of them playing. It's called Seven Days Live. I have it's too, a, in Brazil. Dude, it's, it's, it's all the Native song, Tongue songs are great. All the old Poison songs sound I don't like him. No, me neither. I hate it. <laughs> and I love Richie Cox. I, I love too, but it. Like he didn't. But, it was like ride the wind. It's like, did you even happen to listen to the guitar solo? I, or did you just? I mean, and you know, CC wasn't a horrible player at all. He was more Johnny Thunders than yeah. you know Paul but, Gilbert. But dude, he he came up with some catchy stuff. I know. And, and Richie didn't even attempt it. No, it was all. It was like. No wonder you got kicked out of the band. Well, I mean, you you slept with the drummer's girlfriend, but I mean, right? And that's always going to be a trouble. Yeah, that's that usually causes yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. He he was sweet sweet picking all over. Yeah, yeah. sweet picks. Uh, you know those big sweep arpeggios that uh, you know CC couldn't have done if he had to. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, oh man, great questions, dude. Oh, oh man, geez. So good. Yeah, native tongue. Native Tongue. That's a good choice. For well, me, it would yeah. be Danger Danger yeah. Cockroach, but Native Tongue's a close one. Like yeah. I love I love uh Strike Up the Band and uh Body Talk. I mean there's just some killer tunes on it. Oh, Seven Days Over You, which is a killer song. Uh, oh really? Oh, yeah. me. There, that was a good album. It was it was never gonna hit. It would never happen. No. It just wasn't gonna happen. It was a hit. No matter how me. hard they tried. I thought it was a hit for me. I oh, was, me too. I was, I was like, wow, this is I I love this, right? So Yeah, me too. Me too. But it, it for the record buying public, if you're a poison fan, it didn't sound like poison. And if you were a brand new fan, it was still poison. That was yeah. the problem. That's right. That was the problem. Yeah. Right. Killer, man. Yeah. John, that was so good. Now, 
Ghost of Sunset. What's going on with the EP? What's going on? EP. EP will be out this Friday. So uh, today we're recording this on February 2nd. Um, So this Friday, the full EP will be out, headed west on Golden Robot Records. Uh, Working on, we're, what, eight or nine songs into a full-length follow-up now. Nice. With members of... Of bands like Bang Tango and Little Caesar and Enough's Enough and uh, London Choir Boys and cool. so we're pulling pulling in again doing the same thing just kind of a thank you to all these folks that gave us so much so these guest solo spots are just a chance for us to you know reach out to these people that have given us so much and just say hey we you know thank you and we'd love to have you join us and when they do it's you know stacy blades who of course was in rocks gang and, yeah um you know we've had just great success with with these guys and they've all been and we've gotten you know it's the opportunity to get into that circle and 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 start to kind of become friends with some of these guys and and have some conversations that um that you couldn't imagine yourself having when you were 13 you know what i mean yeah is, so is stacy blades not canadian from like calgary he was in a band Oh, I don't know. He, I know him from. He was in the Florida area when he was in Rock's Gang. Yeah, he was in Rock's yeah. Gang, and he was yeah. in L.A. Guns. Yeah, and he, uh, gosh, he, he's got a new band right now. Um, I think they're called. Oh, if I get this wrong, I'm gonna be so embarrassed. I think they're called Chasing Westward or something. They're pretty cool. Check oh, them out. I'll have to check that out. No, that's yeah. cool. Um, Rock's Gang wasn't. Yeah, not many bands from Florida. Sabotage, Rock's Gang. That I can't think of it. Oh, nothing, Sabotage. Right? No, I don't think there were. And, you know, I'm sure listeners are going to point out all these bands that came from these little pockets of the world, and that'll be cool, too, you know. But, um, yeah, we we equate this whole scene with one, one you know, one strip of highway in Los Angeles, California, you know. Well, I mean, that's that's where most of the majority of the bands came from. Yeah, I mean, that's just where you went. pockets and, you know. And I'm sure all those bands, when they went to L.A., they loved being there, so... You know, so it's all good. I would have. It doesn't sound like I've listened to the music. I followed it, you know, since it came out. And to Sunset Strip in nineteen eighty one through nineteen eighty nine seemed like a pretty cool place. I feel like I could have got comfortable there myself. I know. I wish. I mean, I. I wish I had. Of course, I'd be dead by now too. I should mention that. I'd yeah, be well, I think most now. of us might have been. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, oh, man. Shoot. I Brother, thank you so much. That was so great. Hey, it's always a pleasure. And you know what? This All this coronavirus business is going to take care of itself. And we'll find a show to meet up at, and, and we'll do this in person. Okay, buddy. Sounds good. All right, brother. Okay. Keep good. in touch, okay? Uh, will do, always. You have a great right, night. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Better be leaving 